Paula here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Aki in for the guys tonight. If you missed them, check out the podcast on the Black and Abdallah tab on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcast. They were in for Greeny earlier today. Congratulations to Adam Abdallah making his return to ESPN 1000, the new father here at the station. You got a little bit of Adam Abdallah today from 10 to noon, as well as a little bit of crosstalk, too. No headphones were thrown in the process there as well. Today is Friday. That means it is an all-calls welcome day here on Black and Abdallah, 312-332-3776. Give us your best tonight. 312-332-3776. Anything on your mind? Bears. The Bulls have a game coming up a little bit later on. Jed Hoyer with some interesting stuff today, too, with Waddle and Sylvie not too long ago. Or anything else that's on your mind. It is Friday the 13th, so we can get extra weird today here on Black and Abdallah. And All Calls Welcome is brought to you by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. So a lot of things happening this week in Bears land. Obviously, the big move with Kevin Warren being named the team's new president, as first reported on this station by one Ivan Yurkovich. And not only that happening with the Bears, but we also got the Ryan Poles end of season press conference where he addressed a number of topics. And Justin Fields addressed the media to close out his second season in the NFL. And you look at where the Bears currently sit as a franchise, right? $120 million in cap space, almost twice as much as the next leading team in that capacity. You've got nine total draft picks in this upcoming draft, including the first overall pick. And who knows, with some trades here and there, things could change even more so with that. You could accumulate a few more here, maybe some in the first round, maybe some later on in the draft, whatever. Ryan Poles is going to be one of the busiest execs, not just in all of football, but in all of sports over the next three months here. And on top of that, you've got a QB with some promise, as evidenced by what we saw from Justin Fields earlier this season. So as we are on the eve of the NFL playoffs, got a pair of games tomorrow, three more Sunday, another one on Monday. I'm thinking to myself, all right, where are the Bears in terms of those playoff teams like obviously this season they can't compete with those teams even though they i know they beat the 49ers earlier this season they're not in that realm right now as an nfl franchise however that and we know how it happens in the nfl so much can change in the course of an off season in the course of 18 months what have you a lot can happen. The turnover rate in the NFL is higher than any sport out there as a factor of draft picks, and they're not being a lottery per se, and the way that the schedules are set up as well. The opportunity is ripe for a team to turn things around quickly in the NFL. It's a big reason why you see a lot of contracts in football for head coaches. They're three, four years usually. Because if you can't figure this team out in three, four years, then you're probably not the guy to be leading this NFL franchise. So as we take a look at where the Bears currently sit in terms of getting into the playoff picture, how do you feel about the Bears in terms of them versus the 14 teams we're going to see over the course of the next two weekends in the NFL playoffs? All right, So I've got a list here. All right, I've got every single team that's competing in the playoffs and which ones I feel like are in a better situation than the Bears and which ones are not in a better situation 
from, from the Bears. Let's start in the NFC because that, of course, is more pertinent to the Bears as that is the conference that they reside in. Number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles. That is a team right now that is as well-built as any in football. You've got strong presence on each side of the trenches with the offensive line, the defensive line. You've got studs on both sides there. You've got some real game breakers on the outside with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You've got a fantastic tight end as well in Dallas Goddard. And you've got a quarterback in Jalen Hurts that took the necessary next step who, if he doesn't get injured, very well could have won the MVP this year, right? So are the Bears in a better position than the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward? Absolutely not. Even with all the the flush cap space and draft picks that the Bears have moving forward, they are not in a better situation. And not to mention, the Eagles do have some some draft capital to use moving forward as well. So they have the number 10 pick, courtesy of the New Orleans Saints, based off of a trade they made last year. But the Eagles, the one seed in the NFC, no chance. The Bears are not even close to them. The 49ers, are the 49ers in a better situation than the Bears moving forward? And the answer to that is absolutely they are. They've, And it's a lot based on the head coach. Kyle Shanahan and what he has done this year with a third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, like, how many reps has did Brock Purdy get in training camp? Probably very limited when you think about who they were going in with, with Jimmy Garoppolo, albeit he was in more of a limited capacity um, because of what his situation was heading into the year. Trey Lance was the guy that they were rolling with this season. Um, at least that was the plan leading into the season. But you look at everyone around that organization, around that franchise. It's just a well-built team on both sides of the ball. They're very well coached. You've got an offensive genius and Kyle Shanahan on one side. D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator who very well could end up getting a head coaching job after this season. That, to me, is a team that is well-built because it is well-coached and coaches don't get injured. So that, to me, is something that I am very, very optimistic for for the 49ers. They are in a much better situation than the Bears. Let's go to the next two teams here, the Vikings and the Bucks. These are both teams that I think, long-term, I would rather be the Bears than the Vikings or the Bucks. You look at the Vikings, Minnesota, suspect at quarterback with Kirk Cousins. Who knows what their long-term future is at quarterback? Now, I will say, the Vikings have the player in the division that scares me the most over the course of the next five or so years in Justin Jefferson. But kind of like what we, we've seen in the offseason, you never know when receivers reach a boiling point with their current franchise and end up taking a move somewhere else. I don't think that's going to happen with Justin Jefferson, but maybe he does grow unhappy with Kirk Cousins and the output that he's putting together and some of the shortcomings that we've seen the Vikings have in, in some playoffs too. This is, it's a suspect defense as well. They finished 27th in defensive DVOA. And here's the big thing for me with this Vikings team. Like they were good this year, fantastic in one score games, but you'd have to build on that, right? Especially when you're paying a quarterback as much as they're paying Kirk Cousins right now. And I don't know if the Vikings have the ability to build upon the season that they had this year. You know, they only have four picks in the upcoming draft. They've got their first, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. And I think that if you look at building for the future, a lot of that is predicated on draft capital. Bears have nine picks in this draft. Vikings have five, or four. That's a big problem for me in terms of building a franchise moving forward. So that's why I think that uh, 
for the next couple of seasons, I would much rather be the Chicago Bears than the Minnesota Vikings. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that you look at what's the future there at quarterback, right? Pretty pretty suspect stuff there. Doesn't look like Tom Brady's going to be back. You've already heard the rumors. Is he going to Vegas? Is he going to maybe go out to San Francisco? Is he going to find his way up to New York or something? What's going to happen at quarterback there? And could that be a team that sees Tom Brady leave and say, you know what, it's time to start blowing this thing up and getting rid of some pieces here and there? Mike Evans, maybe that's a guy who's on the way out. And... I look at the Bucks as a team that that is a declining stock right now that I am looking to to get off my hands right now. So I will say the Bears are in a better situation than the Bucks moving forward. Here's an interesting one to me. The Dallas Cowboys. You know, I think the the Cowboys overall are in a better situation. But it's a situation I'm definitely monitoring. You know, they've got some great pieces on the offensive line. You've got one of the best defensive players in football on the other side, Micah Parsons. And you look at what's on the the outside, too. You've got Michael Gallup. You've got CeeDee Lamb. Dalton Schultz is a really nice tight end, too. But the questions are always going to circle on the quarterback here. And is Dak Prescott just Kirk Cousins with a star on his helmet right now? Is he getting away with a lot of criticism because of the fact that he's got so much talent on the outside and they're more, they've been better a little bit more consistently. I don't know how much Dak Prescott has actually contributed to winning for this Cowboys team. I look at the defensive side of the ball, especially at the early portions of the season. That was a team that was turning people over, getting to the quarterback, and finding ways to score on defense, too. So I'm intrigued by... The Cowboys, I think overall they're in a better situation because if you look at some of the surrounding cast for the Dallas Cowboys, it's a good group. But I just, I'm just i a little puzzled by the quarterback. I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be a team that's going to be better than the Bears long term. I would lean with yes if they can figure out the quarterback because I'm not sold on Dak Prescott. All right, last two here in the NFC. The Giants and the Seahawks. Now, these are two teams that I think are very well coached. Brian Dable, the young man on the block, and then you've got the old guard in Pete Carroll. But these are two franchises that I still would like the Bears over moving forward in the NFC. I think the Seahawks have been a nice story this year. Geno Smith was great, very well, could be the the comeback player of the year in the NFL this season. But we also saw Geno Smith really start to slide towards the end of the season. That Seahawks team was not the Seahawks team that we saw in the first 10, 11 games of the year. They dramatically dropped off, and they're going to have to... I, If I'm the Seahawks, I'm not bringing Geno Smith back. I thank you for getting us to the playoffs, and I, I am wishing you well in whatever team you sign with because he is going to find a way to... to get himself a nice contract this offseason. But I'm not sold on Geno Smith as a long-term thing. There's a reason why it did not work out for the longest time with Geno Smith. So I'm not completely sold on him long-term there. And then, finally, the Giants. 
I think they're, they're a really good story. They're really well coached, especially on the defensive side of the ball, too. I don't think Wink Martindale has gotten nearly enough credit because you, you hear about all the things that Brian Dable has done and, and gotten this locker room in order and stuff like that. And the preseason thing that he did with, with Daniel Jones versus Tyrod Taylor, where he set plays up for Daniel Jones to fail and set plays up for Tyrod Taylor to succeed just to see how Daniel Jones responded to adversity. And he loved the way that he responded to that adversity there. But at the same time, I just look at the talent on that Giants roster. And is this maybe the ceiling of what they can get out of Daniel Jones? It's kind of like, I feel kind of similar to it as the Seahawks, where are the Giants going to get tricked into thinking this is their quarterback for the future? Are they going to look at Daniel Jones and say, that's the guy we're going to roll with long term? We're going to sign him, albeit to a more team-friendly deal than some of these other quarterbacks that are signing their big contracts, like Russ, like we saw with Deshaun Watson, like we'll eventually probably see with with Lamar Jackson. Is are is the, are these teams going to get tricked into thinking these are your quarterbacks for the future? Because I'm not sold on Daniel Jones or Geno Smith for the long term as quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's the NFC right there. Right now, I've got, of the seven playoff teams, I think the Bears are in a better long-term situation than four of them. Now, it's going to come down to what Ryan Poles can do in this offseason. There's a lot that he has to patchwork together. But I think that given the amount of opportunity and just the ability to go from bad to average in a lot of spots on this roster... You're going to see dramatic improvement, especially if it accompanies a developing quarterback that we've seen with Justin Fields and if he can continue to get better. What do you think? Are the Bears in a better situation than more than half of the NFC playoff field moving forward? 312-332-3776. This is an all-calls welcome Friday here on Bleck and Abdallah, presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. I'll go through the AFC when we come back, and we'll also take some of your calls as well right here on Bleck and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky in for the guys on ESPN 1000. Bleck and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Here on ESPN 1000, Tyler Rocky is sitting in for the guys today. They were on earlier, and if you missed it, be sure to check out the podcast. Filling in for Greeny today from 10 to, 10 to noon. And it was the return of Adam Abdallah here at ESPN 1000. So check that out on the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget, you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Watch us today. Watch us every day. And it's brought to you by Connie's Frozen Pizza. All right. So I was just recently talking about where the Bears sit in the landscape of the NFC moving forward, Right. Playoffs starting tomorrow. You got seven teams in. I like the Bears over four NFC teams for the long term. Um, with the with the current landscape of what the Bears are sitting with this offseason. $120 million in cap space, first overall pick, nine total draft picks, and you've got a QB with some promise as well. I think you'll see the development of some guys, kind of like what we saw this past season. 
Cole Komet was a guy who certainly developed. Hopefully getting Darnell Mooney back is going to be a, a nice added weapon for this Bears team when they are hopefully at this point in the season talking about a, a team that could be in the playoffs for next year. And I, I will get to that a little bit later on, too, about teams that have gone from having the first pick to getting to the playoffs. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, but I, lined out, I laid out the, the NFC and why I believe the Bears are better than four of the seven teams moving forward. Again, not this season. They clearly were not better than them this season. In fact, they lost to a number of those teams this season. But why I am optimistic moving forward for this team as opposed to some of the other teams currently sitting in the NFC right now. As we move on over to the AFC, this is where I look at the Bears and say, boy, am I glad the Bears are in the NFC. You know, you hear it all the time. Um, there's always that one playoff team that you look at and it's like, ah, they don't deserve to be in, right? Like this year you look at the, the NFC and you say, ah, the Lions deserve to be in over the Bucks, right? Bucks a sub-500 team. I get it. It's Tom Brady, but he was th- that was not a good team for the grand majority of the season. And it's like you're just a benefactor of your geography, right? Tampa Bay's in the south. Detroit's in the north. As a result of that, we've decided that geography is how we decide to sort our divisions in every single sport. So as a result of that... Um, you get the playoff format that you currently have. And, and for me, I would be a big fan that in, if in all of sports we abolished divisions. I don't think we need them. I think I'm cool with conferences. I just don't think we need divisions. Um, because I don't think that your geography should determine how, how likely it is that you could get into the playoffs, right? I don't think we should have beneficiaries of geography anymore i would much rather see you duke it out against your conference right listen i I get why in the past you may have wanted divisions right everything's in proximity to each other makes things easy but the Wright brothers aren't flying the planes anymore all right it's pretty easy to get place to place at this point so uh yeah get rid of divisions i think they're stupid um all right Looking at the AFC, though, and the teams that I think the Bears may have a better outlook for, and again, this means less than the NFC just because the NFC is who you're going to be going up against every single year to get to the Super Bowl. You look at the top three teams in the AFC. The Bears don't hold a candle to them moving forward, and it's because of the quarterback situations there. The top three in the AFC, you may have quarterbacks one, two, and three in football right now. With those guys, you've got Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Those right now have been the three quarterbacks that have played the best football this season, in my opinion. Then you move to the fourth seed, and you've got a team like the Jaguars, who I think is a team, you know, you've heard the Bears. Will they model after the Eagles? Will they model after the Dolphins? And to me, I look at the team that you kind of want to model this thing after right now. Like, yes, that is... That is one way to do it, what the Eagles and Dolphins did. And it may be what the Jaguars are starting to do. But I think for the the short term, I think you look at what the Jaguars did. Again, they were the team last year that had the most cap space in all of football. And they just got better around the edges. Nothing earth-shattering in terms of a move that they made. I know a lot of people were scratching their heads when 
they went out and, and made the signing for Christian Kirk. I believe it was four years, $72 million, and people thought it was just well overvalued for what Christian Kirk is as a receiver. But just going from bad to average in a lot of capacities, I think, is is something that can't be understated with what this Bears team could be trying to accomplish this offseason. And I think that's a lot of what the Jaguars did. They had the number one pick. They had the most cap space of any team. It's a very similar situation to what the Bears have right now. And you look at them as a team that, you know, they don't have to worry about the quarterback because they have their quarterback. They changed head coaches this offseason. And I think it's a very similar situation to what the Bears find themselves in. And I would look at the Jaguars as a team that I would want to to sort of model after. And I think that the Bears and the Jaguars are really going to be on par with each other moving forward um, in terms of two teams that I think will be on pretty even trajectories. Um, I would give a, a slight leg up to the Jaguars just, be think, just because I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback. And we've seen that play out so far this season. So give me Jaguars on par with a slight lean towards them. All right, last couple here. I don't think the Bears have a better outlook than the Chargers. And again, it comes down to the quarterback. Uh, Justin Herbert is fantastic. And it's the best playoff game of the weekend. And it's the Chargers and the Jaguars because of the young up-and-coming quarterbacks there. You've got the Ravens and the Dolphins as the last two teams here. I think the Bears have a better outlook than the Ravens just because I don't know what that quarterback situation looks like moving forward. And let's be honest with each other. Lamar Jackson has lost that team more games than he's won them this season. And I get he hasn't played. In, I believe he's missed the last six games and he's going to miss the playoff game this weekend. But you look at what they've done. I would say that he has lost them more games than he's won them. When you look at some of the collapses the Ravens had during the season. And then the last team, the Dolphins, I still give the slight leg up to the Bears moving forward because that quarterback situation is also in flux right now. You look at Tua Tungavailoa and the, the health issues that he's had this year with the concussions. It's been a really sad thing for not just Tua, but the league itself, too, and how a lot of it was dealt with this season. But who knows what Tua's future is like? And could that be a team that sort of blows, not blows it up, but they may have to make some moves to go and try to find a new quarterback at a certain point. And it's not like they have a lot of capital to do it with. They've got four draft picks in the upcoming draft. Their defense was middle of the road this year, according to DVOA, but that that defense, if you watched them, they, they were never impressive once. And I know they went out and made the trade at the deadline to get Bradley Chubb. But it's just a unit that I, I quite frankly, don't believe in right now. I am, I'm really intrigued to see how the Dolphins play out the next couple of years. They've got the position guys, right? But are they going to be a team like the Cowboys and the Vikings, who you can have some of these big win seasons, but it's going to really lead to any sort of results moving forward. So that, to me, is what I'm, I'm looking at. And so I, I only like the Bears' outlook more than two teams in the AFC playoff picture right now, but I like it more than four teams in the NFC, and that's a little bit more important right now for the Chicago Bears. 312-332-3776 on an all-calls welcome Friday here on Black and Abdallah, presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Let's go out to the phones, check in with Bob. He's in Joliet. What's going on, Bob? You're on Black and Abdallah. playoff picture right now. 
No, I think more than four teams in the NFC. Uh-oh. That's a little bit more important. Let's put right Bob now. on hold and get back to him in a little bit. Anthony's in Arlington Heights. Anthony, what's going on? What's up, buddy? I actually agree with your uh, whole no division thing. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. It should be an AFC and NFC and call it a day. I love it. But yeah, but uh, I've been saying that for years. I own a barber shop, actually a sports barber shop in Arlington Heights, actually, and we've been talking about that for years. <laughs> but anyway, that's great. Um, um, with I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, diehard since I've been a little kid. I'm 44 years old, um, so. I have high hopes for them this year, but my grandfather had Bears season tickets since 1963, so we are forced to talk about them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that the best college football player coming out of the draft is not coming out this year. I think he's coming out next year. I think we're on the same page here. Okay, okay. I would say it's a different player. I, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. No, 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 he's great, but I think the Bears could actually get him too, and I'll tell you how. Um, this year you trade down to two. Houston's going to be the worst team in football for the next probably five years. Um, they're probably going to have number one next year as well. And I think they're going to give up the house to give up, to get a quarterback this year because they're that desperate. Then you move down to four and at four, you're still going to get one of the best college football defensive ends in the draft. Okay. So hear me out. You're trading down to two, trading down to four, collecting a whole bunch of draft picks. Next year is the year after the year is done that you have to decide what you're going to do with Justin Fields, right? Mm-hmm. So if Justin Fields is, a, is, is the next Lamar Jackson, let's call it, because I do believe Lamar Jackson is a better passer than Justin Fields. Um, Justin Fields is an athlete, no doubt about it. However, he is a runner. He's going to get hurt. That's what happens. I feel... Like, you keep him this year, you solidify your offense and defensive line, wide receiver position, whatever you have to do with picks this year and everything else and trading down. Then next year, you have that luxury of possibly dangling Justin Fields as well. Then on top of that, if you get that number one pick from Houston, which I think you're going to get from them, you get Williams from USC, which we're going to see up close and personal being in the Big Ten. And then you're going to get even more picks with Justin Fields. You can control technically the next two or three drafts let me hear what you think yeah appreciate the call there anthony listen i'm not on the draft a quarterback train uh, i don't think that this team is in that business right now i think you've got a guy who i think can be a star in this league um, and is certainly someone who's done enough in my eyes to at least warrant building around that's my stance on Justin Fields. Love to hear from you as well. 312-332-3776. And when we come back, I'm going to lay out some numbers for you. We'll take your calls. But how many teams have gone from the first pick to the playoffs? How often does that happen? I'll lay that out for you when we come back here on Black and Abdallah. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Black 
Jake and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys today. They were on for Greeny from 10 to noon. Check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-3776. I'll get to uh, some of these draft uh, number one pick to playoff trends. I'll do that in just a little bit, but I do want to get to your calls because this isn't all calls. Welcome, Black and Abdallah, Friday, 312-332-3776, presented by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. Bob's in Joliet. Do we got, uh, Bob, is, are you there? You, we clean up your signal here? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Black. Of course. Hey, uh, Brian Dayball, Brian Dayball, Brian Black. Dayball. Uh, did the Bears blow it? They interviewed him. They passed. Uh, is it because of his uh, uh, girth? Uh, he's taken a um, Giants team that had, you know, a little bit above average talent and taken them to the playoffs, and we're uh, three and uh, fourteen. Uh, what's your comment? opinion thank you yeah bob uh, appreciate the call there um i i will say this i do not think it was because of his girth um i don't think that i don't know if uh george and and ted were were looking at that um but i'll say this about dable listen he's been fantastic he's certainly in the coach of the year conversation for this season i do think it will go to kyle shanahan but i mean dable's right there knocking on the door with it I, I think with, with Brian Dable, if, did the Bears miss the boat on him? I would love to see Brian Dable as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And I would love to see what he could do with Justin Fields because a lot of the comparisons that you talk about are Fields and Josh Allen. You see that all the time, right? You see the side-by-side, the statistics on Twitter between the two of those guys. I just think that... Um, would I like Brian Dable here? Yes, I would like him over Matt Eberflus, and I liked him over Matt Eberflus during the hiring cycle. But that doesn't mean I'm out on Eberflus as a head coach. I think that what Matt Eberflus did in year one in instilling a culture of discipline and just making sure that even though on paper you never stood a chance in a lot of these games, the team still competed. And, okay, you look at that Lions game at the end, yes, I get it. The the team gave up in that game. You you could tell. They gave up in that game. But you got to remember what the Bears have, too. They have a lot of guys on one-year deals that are not part of this long-term culture that is being built here. I think you lay the foundation with Eberflus and get in guys that are going to be here on two, three, four-year deals, and then I want to see how everything kind of plays out here. Like you look back at what the bears did in the off season. It was a lot of one, two year deals. So, all right. Uh, three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. Appreciate the call there from Bob. Chris is in Norwood park. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how you doing? What's going on? I think that, um, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I feel that people have a, uh, false optimism about the bears around this, number one draft pick and a quarterback that everybody wants to hope in, but I personally don't feel is the answer. So you're not sold on Justin Fields? Not at all. And why is that? He threw for 1,800 yards. That's pathetic. He threw for 70 touchdowns. That's even more pathetic. 
The only okay stat he has is 10 interceptions, which is more than the number of touchdowns he threw. Well, okay, he's hold on, second, hold on a, there. Let's get our facts straight year. here. Let's get our facts straight here. He threw okay, for 17 okay. touchdowns. He threw for 17? 17 touchdowns. Okay, well, that's my mistake then. The source I read yesterday was, um, um, must, there must have been a typo in that source. <laughs> All good there. Uh, no, that's, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good there, Chris. Listen, I, I and appreciate the phone call there. I I get fans' concerns, right? He he didn't throw the ball well consistently, but I saw enough splash plays down the field where oh, it's a drop through the hands of Valus Jones. Oh, it's a drop through the hands of Dante Pettis. Through the hands of EQ St. Brown. I saw enough splash plays where he put the ball in the money, and sometimes his receivers didn't deliver. And also, if you want to point to the yards, too, listen, I I know it wasn't a a splashy number this year, right? 2,200 yards this season for Justin Fields. But you got to keep in mind that his receivers had the fewest yards after catch in the NFL. The Bears as a team, the fewest yards after catch in the NFL. And that completely changes the dynamic of how you accumulate yards as a passer. When your receivers can go out and make plays for you, like, what do you want Justin Fields to do? Do you want him to catch the ball and run after the catch too? Like, he can't do that. At a certain point, you need players outside of Justin Fields to make an impact on your roster. And with the Bears being dead last in the NFL in that capacity, I think that if you get receiver talent in there, that's the, you can continue to tack on some of these yards. And if you build up the offensive line so that there is more of an emphasis and ability to throw the ball in the passing game. I think all of that will set up to help Justin Fields in the long term. And it will turn him into a passer. Because that's what he was at Ohio State. So, I, I'm I'm still in on Justin Fields. I like his long-term outlook. Not just as a quarterback, but as a passer. I mean, you heard Justin Fields earlier this week, right? They asked about him. Um, are you upset that you could not break the rushing record for a quarterback. This was Justin Fields earlier in the week talking about that. Yeah, but, um, you know, I'm, it's a rushing record. I'm a quarterback, so, I mean, of course, it would have been cool to have, but, you know, I'm not really into records uh, like that. Uh, you know, if there was one record I'd like to break, of course, I'd be a passing record, so uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get that done here in the near future. But, um, you know, just, again, just trying to focus on, you know, uh, getting better as a player, getting better, better as a quarterback, and getting better as a teammate. See, what that tells me is, Justin Fields, he doesn't want this label as this running quarterback, right? He wants to be viewed as a quarterback who also just happens to have the ability to run too, right? Like you think about Josh Allen. We look at Josh Allen. Even though he's a running quarterback, we view him as a quarterback who just also has the ability to run. And I think that's the mold that I think a lot of Bears fans would love to see Justin take and and get into uh, more of a rhythm and, and throwing the football down the field, moving the ball vertically that way. So 312-332-3776. We'll take more of your calls. And we've got the song of the night coming up next. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
Friday here on Bleck and Abdallah. We'll have the song of the night in just a little bit. Tyler Aki sitting in for the guys tonight. All calls welcome. Brought to you by the Chicago Hounds, Chicago's new professional rugby team. 312-332-3776-332-3776 if you want to get on in on the action. That's where Tom and Oak Lawn checks in. What's going on, Tommy? Hey, what's up, Tyler? So I I was listening to when you were saying about how the uh, the receivers were the lowest in the league as far as like getting uh, yards after the catch. And yes, there were some uh, times... When- Nope, I think we lost Tom. Maybe we'll check back in with Tom in a little bit. I, w- I was intrigued by, by what he had to say. All right. Teased you there. Yeah, I know. I, I like Tom in Oak Lawn, too. Great guy. We saw him at Football Fest. I've seen him out and about before. Uh, hopefully he calls back in. All right, I think we've got time for this. Yeah, we do have time for this. All right. Oh, it's Friday the 13th, and we check in with Mitchell in the What's going on, Mitchell? Hey, let's up there, Team Aries. Yep, it's uh, Friday the 13th, the moon's in Libra, and uh, your uh, proclamation. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. The moon's in Libra. What does that mean? Uh, Libra is a carnal sign. It's the air sign. It's all about fairness, balance. Uh, Okay. So nothing topsy-turvy today, then? Yeah, absolutely. It's about basically, you know, having fairness in all levels. But the take that you have about eliminating the division in the NFL uh, that's a that's a that's a centennial problem of a bad take, and I'll tell you why. Mike Dick has said it best. Okay, and this is the reason why centennials don't ever say. I mean, no, listen, Tyler. I think you're really a, you know, a very uh, interesting guy, very funny, smart. But centennials are not this, what I call the brightest bulb when it comes to their knowledge. If you want to take the uh, responsibility of making such an outlandish take, well, here's the fallback or the pushback. You can't eliminate the uh, division because. When Dick has said, hey, we have to start by winning our division, that sets you up in terms of the hierarchy of your ascension in terms of how you get to the playoffs. So why can't so you just be win- one of the, the seven best teams in the conference? Because the division, that the, there's a structure, there's an order, and you have to dominate your – before you go, this is the problem with centennials and millennials – before you start having these Johnny Appleseed fairy tales of a quarterback that can't throw for more than 2,300 yards a year, okay – you got to win your division. The Bears, 3-14 and 14 with Justin Fields, loses twice to the divisional opponents. You don't want to pay any attention to that. Now, here's the counterargument. The Bears sit with a lot of choices. We all know that. Yeah, they got the 3-14 and 14 they earned. They're the worst team in the NFL. Congratulations, Bears. The bottom line is this, Tyler. You have to keep in mind the following. Justin Fields has absolutely his poor mechanics in conjunction with the fact that he can't throw a simple a screen pass. And then you have the temerity to compare him to to Josh Allen. Josh Allen has a cannon of an arm. The only problem he had in his first few years is his timing. He could throw in tight windows. He just needed to get his timing down with his receivers. Justin Fields is light years away from that. His poor mechanics, he's gotten away with since he was in high school. And now that has come to the surface. Now, you can replace and say, oh, well, it's the, it's the offensive line. It's the receivers. The receivers, any prima donna that does not want to come to Chicago, unless they get super paid, they're never going to get a pass from Justin Fields because he can't throw the ball. Okay? And by the way, you should put the emphasis, Tyler, on focusing on winning the division. Is Justin Fields and the Bears, with all their magical changes, are they going to beat the Packers next year? We don't know. With all the changes, are they going to beat the Vikings? You guys have the temerity 
to put down Kirk Cousins, who's 13-4. and four. They won the division, and they're going to the playoffs. My whole suggestion is between, listen, Tyler, this is the angst that I have. Centennials, you really have zero respect for knowledge and history. Oh, you no have respect. All right. Okay, and the bottom line is this. The Bears should do everything they can because statistically there are so many better passers, both in free agency and obviously in the college game, that are light years ahead of Justin Fields. That's what they should do. But guess what, Tyler? You and I don't have a seat at the table, and none of your dorky listeners either. Okay, so whatever they do, let's hope it's for the best. But in the meantime, I highly suggest the bottom line. Be careful what you say, okay? Because these centennial takes are ridiculously stupid, okay? And I expect more from an Aries. And that's the bottom, <laughs> bottom line. line. <laughs> Have a good night, Mitchell. Thank you. That's Mitchell in displays. I love our listeners. I love our listeners. Mitchell went after our listeners. The Nona. That's yeah, that's where I draw the line. I almost cut him off there. But I, I, I enjoy Mitchell's presence on this show. 312-332-3776 here on Bluck and Abdal. It's time for the song of the night. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Bleck and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song... We go to 2016... And MKTO, Superstitious. Baby, got me frozen looking at you. You're so cold in that dress. Damn, you're so hot, I'm burning up. It's like I gotta say yes. So why are we playing Superstitious here from MKTO? Well, two reasons, actually. It's Friday the 13th, right? Superstition's running high, and they already played the Stevie Wonder song. I, I got as Abdallah X that one from me. He took it out of the arsenal for today. Second best option. Yeah, so I had to I had to roll with this one. So Friday the 13th, we heard, we got a little uh, moon moon report from Mitchell, too. Moon's in Libra tonight. That means everything's sort of equilibrium, I feel like, right? That's pretty much what he said. I can feel it in the air, honestly. I know. It doesn't it doesn't feel so doesn't feel like the vibes are off on this Friday the thirteenth. I usually get like more freaked out. And you know, you know, like, so, like you're you're kinda taking a little bit of bit of hesitancy with each step. On, exactly. on Friday the 13th. So you, you'd describe yourself, Jake Cantu, producing tonight's show, as a superstitious person. Yeah, I think it stemmed for me as a child, and like I just kept it up. It's one yeah. of those things that I was scarred. Nick Moxal is with us here today as well. Are you superstitious? Just to quote Michael Scott, I'm a little stitious. Okay. okay. I feel like I'll walk under a ladder, but uh, only if I'm like you know i feeling extra confident that day. Gotcha. The step on the crack break your mother's back is a really sad one. I won't do that one. Yeah. Okay, so it's funny. I used to walk to school in 7th and 8th grade, and I would never step on a crack. I, like, 
I've grown out of being superstitious, I think, but like in the back of my mind, it's always sort of there. Do you have but, a snow day superstition, spoon under the pillow, anything like that since we're in wintertime? No, I didn't do that. Um, I didn't do my rain dances or whatever. I didn't do any of that uh, tomfoolery. But um, I, I, I look at, like, I'm, I don't fall into superstition anymore. Like, it's just kind of like... Listen, whatever happens, happens. All right, I, I can't control it at this point. I have it's out of my hands. Superstition still. You do? Yeah. Oh, what do you, okay. So, what are you doing Monday for so the I, for the Cowboy game? I have my same pair of pants and underwear I wear every. <laughs> do you actually still do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Consistency is key. My gray pair of underwear. How's they that worked win. out for you? Maybe you need a new. You need a new routine. It's not worked out for you. I wash them, though, so I, I got to clarify that, too. All right. Superstitious MKTO, your song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's song of the night. Yo, later. We'll be back in two minutes. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.